Sweeter Than Honey podcast. I am Josh and I'm here with my wife Tori and my brother Brendan and today we are going to at least start chapter three in Genesis. Uh, if we can get to the end of it that's great. If not we'll do two-parters like we've been doing. Mm-hmm. It, it really depends on how much info we get from the text. Which there, there's always more info that we can gather but um, since we're diving into the language, uh, the original Hebrew language for some of these studies don't always get there yeah absolutely yeah so just to uh set the the context for where we are now uh that was established in the previous uh four episodes at this point uh god has taken the disordered uninhabited unproductive or or rather uninhabitable unproductive chaos and has ordered it into a uh a space which is capable of habitation and productivity and has established a walled garden in a place called Eden or Delight and has given the unique creations there, the humans who are created in his image, a mandate to go put the rest of the world into that same order. Uh, the words used are, are subdue, um, which has a very domineering connotation to it, um, and uh, to, to rule over, which, which has a similar implication. So, so there's more chaos out there that the people are to bring into submission and into the order that was established here in the garden. Yep, and the, gar- the the center of the garden acts as kind of the um, the the Bible Project guys like to describe it as the hot spot of God's presence. This is the, um, the the garden in general is the meeting place for God and people, but the center of the garden specifically, where it, it seems there are two unique trees present there, mm. is is the main localized place where they can encounter God's presence in the garden, mm. mm-hmm. and. At least right now, it it seems that God has blocked access to one of those trees. Um, I mean, we aren't given a reason, and we don't really need a reason. God said that it, He gets exclusive access to it, and that's it. Um, it's not that even well, that He that He's accessing it specifically, but like, it it, it is a creation that He made, so it's good. Mm-hmm. But it, it's supposed to be steered away from. Right, right. Yeah, um, because God, God told the man, you know, go ahead and eat of any tree freely, but this one, if you eat of it in that day, you will condemn yourself to death. Yeah, so God, God doesn't block it off uh, in a physical sense. Right, he, yeah, he has, the man has access to yeah, it. Yeah, he says that it should be blocked off. Yes, yes, it is It is not to be touched. Well, rather, it is not to be eaten of. Yeah, hang on of. a second, we're not there yes, yet. Yeah, it is not to be eaten of lest the man suffer the consequences, that being condemnation to death. Mm-hmm. I'm taking notes from Eve here, dude. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. 
Uh, yeah, and then um, at the very end of the last chapter, the man and the woman had a little marriage ceremony, um, and they were naked and not ashamed. Mm-hmm. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die, for God knows that in the day that you eat from it your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate it. And she also gave to her husband and with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread. Till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword which turned every direction to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Bummer. Yes. That's an understatement. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) That's the the biggest bummer in... All of human history. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, this is the the, um, primary human rebellion which led to the... uh, this is the entrance of fallen nature in humanity. Yes, yes. The the sin nature being um, inherited by everybody. And we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but Adam is set up as a priest figure, as a high priest figure for all of humanity. And so when he falls as the representative of humanity before God, all of humanity is viewed as fallen as mm-hmm. a result as well. Mm-hmm. Since he's the head of the household, he was the patriarch of humanity being the first human. Right. Um, his, his shame is uh, hereditary. Is that the word? 
yeah. passed on yeah. Yeah. through yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and, and and specifically the um the ability to discern what one determines to be good and evil for themselves mm-hmm. and to act accordingly this is the yeah. experiential understanding of what is good and what is not good that that I was talking about with the tree. Yeah. Like somehow the, that them eating of that tree is somehow now woven into their DNA. Yeah. And yeah, their they, offspring receive that because of yeah, the DNA. Yeah. They right. they are now imbued with a a new understanding. Whereas before they they were um, pure and innocent, they are now imbued with with an understanding of um, the the ability to decide. Hey. This thing seems good to me. Even if it's to somebody else's detriment, it can be for my benefit, and therefore I am going to pursue this. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, God was the one who had established, um, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is very good, this is not good. And so God was the one determining all of that, and the humans had the opportunity to participate in that understanding of what is good and what is not good. Mm-hmm. Now they get to decide for themselves. Mm. And now all of their children also get to decide for, their, for themselves. Nobody has that same pure innocence that was present there, which would allow them to simply follow God's leading as he directed. Now they can choose not to follow his leading. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. <clears throat> uh, we'll stop right there in the middle of the verse. Uh, yeah. So the word for serpent is nahash, which is not the exact same as a snake, but it is a snake-like creature. Um, serpent seems to be more. Just based on what I'm seeing here, seems to be more antagonistic. It seems to be more of a dangerous creature. Then um, if you just said snake. Yeah, I don't know serpent. what the, I don't know what the word for snake is. I I didn't uh get a good look for something like that. I was I I got distracted by trying to see all of the occurrences of Nahash. No, I think I think I think serpent is just the general word for snake. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. There there is a unique word for a venomous snake and another unique word for like a viper. Okay. Um but 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 Nahash is just Snake. Okay. Great. It could be any old snake. Slithery thing. Yeah. Nope rope. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the word crafty is um, arum, which uh, yes. could also mean sensible. Um, it's rendered as prudent a couple of times um, and sensible a few times in, in the NASB. Um, yeah. It's, it's not... Like wicked crafty. No, no. It it, it seems to, to almost imply wisdom. Yes. Yes. Um, but it's not the same it, it's not the same as wisdom. Right. It it's it, it's more discerning for like I, I not not exclusively for, for personal gain, but like it basically a level of discernment. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're related ideas. Wisdom is Understanding how to take the things which you've discerned and put them into a, uh, put them into practice to produce something mm-hmm. good. Arum is the discernment of, of what is necessary to then apply the wisdom. 
So the, these two things are connected to each other. Mm. One one is the, uh, I guess, more planning-centric side of things, and the other is more the practical application as a result of having planned. So the former would be Arum, and the latter would be Chokmah, wisdom. Yeah, um, and the, the reason I bring up that word is well, first of all, we can see this is a thinking creature. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, we aren't we aren't given the mental status of any other living creature besides humans and the serpent at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this serpent is set aside from the other non co productive animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, beasts of the field, that yes. meaning like not the cattle, not the domesticated work animals. Right. Um, and uh, Arum is a play on the humans being Arom, they're being naked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're spelled with the same consonants. Yeah. So the Arom, who are supposed to be wise, are going to meet with the Arum, which... Is wise has a has a has a more negative connotation mm-hmm. with it, but it's more because of how it of, applies its arumness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and Jesus didn't use this exact word, but like he he told his disciples to be shrewd. That's not to yes. be deceitful. That's right. to pay attention. Make sure you are understanding and you know figuring out what is happening when you're going out into the world. Right. Yes, and, and I'm not sure of this, so don't quote me on it, but I would not be surprised if the word that Jesus used there, as as written down in the Greek, is the same word used here in the Septuagint. Yeah, we could check. I'll, I'll go look at uh, the LLX real quick, or LXX. Yeah, because Jesus seems to be pulling from or this idea... Jesus seems to be pulling from this idea when he tells his disciples... The most skilled... When he tells his disciples to be shrewd as snakes, that that seems to be related to uh, this yep, idea. Yep. So be shrewd as serpents. Phronimos, uh, uh, phronimos, practically wise, sensible, there intelligent, prudent. And that and that is how the Septuagint renders this word. Yep, phronimos, and then Matthew ten sixteen is an example of that. There you go. Be shrewd as serpents, which is so interesting because it, it, it it's weird. I know this is getting a little bit off, off topic, but like Jesus is basically saying, be like this serpent, but don't be this serpent. Exactly. That's why he provides the caveat of be, be innocent or pure as doves. While you be thinking are as shrewd and, yeah. as as a snake is, he he yeah, don't just lie don't just lie down and take the beating. Exactly, he he presents a similar idea uh, when he's talking about how to use money, and and he he tells a parable which essentially boils down to the wicked people in the world have money and know how to use it well. Mm-hmm. You should know how to use money as well as they do, and and should be as as efficient if not more so in how you use your money without the wickedness as well. So this is a th- this is a more general uh phrasing of that concept or rather that is a practical example of this concept. Yeah. Well, and so far just in the first half of Genesis 3:1, serpent isn't bad. It's just he's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a this is a discerning creature. Mhm. <clears throat> 
that is part of the uh, group of animals which is not co-productive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's there, and it has good purpose, but yeah. that good purpose is not necessarily to work in tandem with the humans. Yeah, wild animals isn't negative at this point. It's just the other animals that live out in the um, in, in the tohu bohu places. Or even potentially in the in the garden. I guess places. they're not Vohu if they live in there. But yeah. well, yeah. But like my my point is like it, it, separating them from the domestic animals. They're not dangerous yet. They just right. they just aren't. They they, they can just go. And, right. And right. Be. Yeah. They, they are not there to help further the purpose of the garden. Right. And 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 further subdue the same way that something like an ox would. Yeah, which makes you wonder how Adam might have used. Um, like farm animals mm-hmm. at the outset because we aren't given descriptions of that but it's because it would have just been understood for a uh, planting and um, I guess just as shepherding people, they like they would have understood the purpose for each animal. Mm-hmm. So th- there would have been no need to say, "Oh, and Adam took the ox and did this thing." Right, right. Exactly. Some some Jewish legends try to give purpose to some animals with th- certain things, like, "Oh, why do cats and dogs not like each other?" Like, right. They they try to explain that kind of thing, but yeah. Th- well, and that's typical not... of most cultural mythos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is why the water is dangerous because the water had some sort of you know animosity towards this thing and blah 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 yeah well because the the purpose of mythology is explaining why the world works the way that it does Mm -hmm. proto-science in a narrative form Mm -hmm. yeah so so this is in a sense an example of that however we're getting it from a unique spiritual perspective yeah outside of what most cultures would have yeah and I don't think that churches generally do this anymore, but this isn't to explain why snakes don't like people and why people don't like snakes. Right, that's, right. That's not at all the purpose of this story. Yes, at the end of the chapter, the the enmity, em, goodness gracious, enmity. Uh, <laughs> that whole section is the, poetry. Yes, the enmity between the woman and the snake doesn't necessarily literally mean this is why snakes are aggressive toward people. There is a spiritual aspect to it. The the seed of the snake is not literal baby snakes. Yeah, and and this is this does talk about the enmity between humans and wild animals, only in the sense of we have corrupted our relationship with creation, right? As well as with God. But yes. The the only reason there's enmity now with general creatures is because we no longer have a harmonious relationship with the rest of creation. Right. Um, so, but yeah. yeah. Okay, now now we can refocus again. Yes. So uh, the, the, the crafty snake comes up. Yep. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Which, it, we don't know why he's doing this, but first of all, he misrepresents God because textually it wasn't, it wasn't just Elohim, it was Yahweh Elohim that gave Adam the um, permission and, and the, like he, he told him go and eat of these trees. Right. Right. It wasn't like, Oh, you, you're allowed to, it was no, no, go enjoy all of these, all these trees. Right. Mm -hmm. Now only this one don't do that, but right. 
So this serpent is uh, using a different, uh, I guess, title. Well, he's not using the title, or rather, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's, he's, he's not he's, referring. He's to being selective on how by yep. name. Yep, he's just saying the spirit being in general. Yeah, yeah. Which, for the most part, in chapter two, it's referred it. <laughs> I say it as the Lord God. Like it's that's the name. It says the Lord God Yahweh mm-hmm. Elohim, and then the serpent comes along. And is like, hmm, did that guy really just mm-hmm. actually say yeah. that to you? Well, I I guess animals could talk back then, or there was some some. Because Adam was able to communicate with them at least to give them their names and and essentially their 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 purpose. Because when you when you name something, you're you're assigning function to it or or, or meaning to it, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in a sense. But so there 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 seems to have been some level of communication. Uh, how this serpent communicates may have been very unique, um, but Eve obviously isn't surprised that this serpent is talking. So mm-hmm. it it seems to not be a a earth-shattering concept, right. um, but yeah, and and I have I have something that I want to add to that. Th- this is not the time nor the place in Scripture to be, really be addressing, but but there there does seem to be at least a hint here that th- there's something about this snake that is more than it just being a snake, and so if that is true, it would be less surprising that Eve would simply talk back to it like no big deal um again neither the time nor the place but put that in your back pocket so he says uh did god actually say you shall not eat from any tree of the garden which obviously is not true this is a rhetoric technique to yeah just it's, be it's, like, a, it's a rhetorical means of sowing seeds of doubt yeah You 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 essentially overstate your case, so that so that when the person corrects you, they they have there there's more this room interro- for you to yeah this is an interrogation tactic exactly there's more room for you to continue to manipulate their responses, um, because if you were to address them on the actual point, they would simply be able to say that's not true, but but if you can straw man, it makes it harder for them to actually attack your argument your line of argumentation right. Yeah, so no idea why he's questioning this or why he would need to question it. Um, and then she responds confidently, yeah, we can we can eat. You know, the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you should not eat from it or touch it or you will die. She doesn't even specify which one. She didn't say that, that she can't touch or eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She just said the tree in the middle of the garden. Well, right. There's two. Yes. So, so just based on that, without any other context, we could even conclude that she thinks she can't eat of the tree of life. Potentially, strictly from that that statement sure. right there, not not from any other. So, sure. so I, I, even in her response, she's not f- fully representing the actual statement of the Lord God saying eat of all of these trees except for this one. Right, right. And I and I think this is um, an, an example of, because of his manipulation tactic, she is now overcorrecting in her response. Because not, not only is she saying, hey, we're, we're allowed to eat of the trees, but not this one specific tree. 
she additionally says we're not even allowed to touch it lest we die yeah and and it, it, what does it say back in genesis 2 okay uh, so so the lord god says in the day that you eat of it surely you will die and you will die die yeah die to die and then yes when Eve says it, well, I, it's just Isha at the moment. She's not actually Eve yet. Right. Yeah, the woman. Um, she just says you'll die. She doesn't seem to convey the the uh, like the significance of of the impact. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She she's not addressing the idea of in the day you eat of it, there is condemnation to death. Yeah, it is simply if you eat or touch it, lights out for you basically. Yeah, and then in verse four, the serpent says, "You will not die." Die. Yes. He he now is actually quoting God correctly, mm-hmm. but saying but that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, right. So she underrepresented what God was saying. In really, she overrepresented the not eating part, but mm-hmm. underrepresented the punishment. Right. He's. Overrepresenting the uh, don't eat this thing, mm-hmm. but underrepresenting the punishment, uh, or, or correctly, or or pro- correctly, yeah, representing the punishment. Yes. So th- they have this really weird back and forth of half truths, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which it doesn't seem that she has malicious intent either. But why? Why should she need to explain herself to the serpent? She's just like, no, t- don't worry about it. It's fine. Right. 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 And people have made cases that. Adam didn't teach her properly, or she strayed from her husband. She's just there's no reason for that for us to believe that she needed to be under his supervision twenty four seven. Right. I mean, there, it was it was a perfect garden. Why why would why would she need to be under his supervision twenty four seven? Sure, sure. Well, and we even have an indication later on in the text that he was present for this exchange. Yeah, but I mean, modern day teachers sometimes try to put their social and political views into the text to say, this is what went wrong. Either that Adam didn't do his job or Eve didn't do her job to her husband, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, Yeah, so he, the the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. You will not die, die. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Yeah, so he recognizes the purpose of the fruit. Mm Mm-hmm. He recognizes that it is to imbue the understanding of what is good and what is not good, and in in a sense, then to enable the eater to make those decisions for themselves. Um, but he also says this thing of you you will be like the gods or like God. Whichever one, it's it's the plural Elohim, so it could be referring either to spirit beings generally or God Himself, um, and that they will become like that if they eat of the fruit. But they have already been created in the image of the Most High God. They don't need to do anything to become like the Most High God, because they are already his acting representatives in the world. 
yeah, yeah. The, the again, these half truths, mm-hmm. this misrepresentation of now her identity, like her entire being, um, trying to make it seem like she's incomplete somehow. Yes, which is not actually true. Right. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate it, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So there, now we can see that it's, Adam was probably there. Or even if he wasn't there for the entire conversation, he was there at the point of that interaction of her taking and eating. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he didn't do anything about it. Uh, let's make one wise. This is a different word. Uh, uh, sakal, to be prudent. Yeah. So, so same, it's another same idea. related idea to Ahum yeah. and... and uh, a synonym almost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Probably with different properties, but at, at, at a surface level, it, it basically means the same thing. Yeah. I, I think they're they're generally interchangeable. They may have slightly different connotations. Yeah. Nehemiah renders it as instruct a couple of times in this translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosper, have success, cause to prosper. So some personal gain. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, prudence. Um, then here, um, let's see. So prudence is acting with or showing care and thought for the future. Mm. So so Sakal specifically contains the connotation of knowing how to make one's future good mm. um whereas arum may be more general knowing how to make things good and then again um it, it, sakal may be inclined towards more forward thinking yeah exactly. not so much situational awareness yeah yeah exactly um and then hokma is the carrying out of that, that's either always arum or sakal well and, and hokma is is generally especially with the wisdom books but that that's supposed to be a, a god trait sure, uh, sure specifically right or like the idea of hokma being an embodiment of an aspect of god yes yes absolutely so then the eyes of both of them were opened just like the serpent said they would be and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings mm-hmm. so in in gaining uh, Arum, they understood their Arom, mm-hmm. and that was. It's not that them being naked was bad. It was the the knowledge that they had done evil. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's there's a feeling of exposure and awareness of the choice that I just made because now they have that lived understanding of what is good and what is not good that this was not a good choice because it has consequences associated with it. Mm -hmm. And so that sense of exposure comes with shame, and that shame is also uh, related to the idea of not having anything to to hide behind. Um, And and as well, there's this idea that, that what you deem to be good for you, as I mentioned earlier, may be at the detriment of somebody else. Mm-hmm. So so what you deem to be good for you may not be good for me. And so so there's there's an aspect of this where they're 
no longer able to fully trust each other mm-hmm. in the way that they used to be able to. And so they sew together these things uh, out of the fig leaves, which which the, the word there is chagor, which means like a belt or a girdle. So it's to cover specifically. Yeah, the, it can be rendered armor, but like a, a protective covering of some sort, but it's typically viewed as just the belt. Exactly, yeah. When, when in association with armor, usually the idea has to do with the, the thing fastening the armor together. And so as such, it can be used. I don't remember what the literary technique is, where you, you, you refer to an aspect of something to refer to the whole thing. So you could refer to know, a car yeah. as, as a set of wheels, or you oh, could sure. refer to a shirt as threads, um, that kind of thing. So, so that kind of technique would be used if you're using the word belt to refer to the armor more broadly. Sure. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's, it's a protective covering. Um, don't know what they're hiding from right now. Mm. Like the serpent's not, a, not coming after them right now, mm. uh, in a physical sense. Right. Um, I mean, God's not here yet. I mean, it's just the two of them. So maybe they're trying to hide from each other. Who knows? But then they're still together when God comes later. So, uh, and this is, this is why we, we tend not to, I mean, besides the fact that there's no reason for us to believe that it was an apple, but uh, it, it seems that they grabbed the nearest leaves where we could be in, in, inferred. Yes. Um, and so more inclined to believe that the original fruit of knowledge of good and evil was a fig. Um, and even even Hebrew scholars tend to lean towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fig tree became a, a uh, representative symbol for Israel later on. Um, but kind of like the white tree of Gondor. Mm-hmm. This this characterization of the people itself. And not not directly tied even to this event necessarily, but they just kind of adopted that symbol as their their characterization. Uh, so they made themselves coverings, and then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So now, not only are they hiding their bodies, they're trying to hide themselves entirely. Mm-hmm trying to get away from something. Yes. And uh, notably, what they hear the sound of him walking in is the ruach. Yeah, so that that's typically associated with, like, the evening wind, like, mm-hmm. when, when the day is, like, the, the hot portion it's, of the day is gone. It's the refreshing now, yeah, wind. Yeah, the, the day is about to end. You are, it's time to rest now mm-hmm. um, for the day. Yeah. Because ruach uh, brings with it that idea of life, and and rejuvenation. Uh, so they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, um, which was supposed to be their security. Like the trees were supposed to keep them safe and fed and shaded, mm-hmm. um, and then that was also supposed to be their their productive place too. They were supposed to take those trees out of the garden as well. Not, exactly. Not, you know, pick up the whole tree and carry it out. But like, yes, yes. Supposed to bring more trees outside of the garden. Exactly. So at this point they've taken they've taken leaves and covered specifically their their reproductive bits and then they're using the rest of the tree to try to hide behind mm-hmm. in some capacity. Mm-hmm. As they hear God coming. Yeah. Uh, and then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, "Where are you?" And he, he called to Adam, like he didn't he didn't call to Eve, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. This just struck me. 
you know, talking about the idea of their their trust in each other having been rended at this point, and and the covering of themselves being kind of an indication of that. Those particular parts of them that that seem to have been covered are the avoiding being graphic, the means by which they would become one flesh, and so so they they are now putting a barrier between themselves and becoming one flesh and thus imaging God in that way yeah. because of the lack of trust they have in each other. Yeah, and that's why I was trying to say they could be hiding from each other, but then they're seen together in the next passage too, so we're not sure. So it, it's it's not that we are told they no longer trusted each other. It, it's, it's implied through them not letting each other, you know. Right. Well, th- they are hiding that aspect of themselves. Yeah. Potentially from each other, but they are hiding more generally from seemingly the consequences that they know come along with the decision that they made. Mm-hmm. Which is why it seems Adam is afraid when he hears God coming in the garden. Yeah, that like uh, I can't remember who was talking about it, but the idea that as soon as they ate and gained that understanding of good and evil, they felt that that separation from God. They felt that shame. Mm-hmm. So they knew that justly his wrath was what was, what was going to come next. Right. And they understood what that meant. Mm-hmm. However, that works. Right. Um, regardless of, of the spiritual rebellion that we haven't even seen yet mm-hmm. in the text, they understood that God's wrath was going to end them if, if that... Because they were already told, You're, this is the consequence for eating. Yes. And now, now they are experiencing that dread. Right, right. Right, so they're doing everything they can to get away from punishment. And then it, they, exactly. they continue that here in a second. So, yeah, yeah. Um, God says, who told you that you were naked? Because... Being naked wasn't the problem, and nobody mm-hmm. even told him. No, nobody told either of them that they were naked. Right. They they gained that understanding, mm-hmm. and this isn't God asking because he doesn't know. Right. And this isn't even a disappointed parent. This is a parent, God in a parental role here, and mm-hmm. in a king's role here, being like, hey, you broke the law. Right. What's what happened? I need, like, he's, he's sitting as judge. Yes, I need yes. the facts. Give, give Tell me, me your what's happening. Statement. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Mm-hmm. And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. So now he's trying to get out of punishment here. And he, he's throwing it back at the judge. He said, well, you're the one that did that did this basically because she's your product. Right, right. I didn't do, I didn't make her. I didn't even ask for her. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. She, you, you, you're the one that told me that, that I needed her. Right. All of that despite the fact that he took ownership and and named her. Mm-hmm. So then the Lord God said to the woman, turns to her and says, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So it's not even her fault. It's this other creature. He's not like God. It's his fault. Right. It's not my fault. So then the Lord God said to the serpent, he doesn't even question him. He just renders judgment here. Because you have done this, because he knew he didn't need to ask, Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go and eat, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. Now, this is the first instance of the word curse. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing the opposite of blessing. Mm-hmm. Something has had its blessing taken away. Now, the serpent can still produce offspring, or, you know, like that specific blessing has been taken away. But now, the opposite of blessing is being put onto it. So instead of the 
generous outpouring of God's goodness. This is the necessary outpouring of God's wrathful judgment. It's not that God just wants to judge this serpent wrathfully. It's that this is the product of your action. Right, right. This this is the righteous judgment handed Mm. down. Um, right, righteous being um for for the for the benefit of the community in a sense. Um, Creation cannot continue to function properly if exactly. if this serpent if this just goes around doing with. whatever it's doing. Exactly. Um, and so uh, this this curse contains this this clause. You will go on your belly and shall eat dust. Mm-hmm. And and there's some debate about what exactly that looks like. Did the snake have legs and God took away its legs? Did it maybe even have wings and God took away its wings? Or is this simply uh, symbolic language intended to describe the status of this creature being lower than the status of any other creature? Um where where God is because He says that the beast that, that that or sorry that the serpent is cursed more than any cattle or more than any beasts, and therefore shall go on its belly and eat dirt. Um, it, it's it's very likely that what God is doing there is saying, you had this particular seat of status, and now your seat of status is going to be even lower yeah. than anything else. It will be yeah. the dirt. You're different than than all the other beasts of the order the word other isn't even in there mm-hmm. um, it's portrayed seemingly as another animal but mm-hmm. um you know you were you were at least different from these beasts of the field well now you're basically going to be on the bottom of the totem pole exactly and and there may have been a a physical um reality which accompanied this but I don't think it's worth speculating whether or not the snake had legs or wings or anything like that. Yeah, it's not like this was a dragon that became a tiny little snake. Right, right. Um, this is this is just this is just a, a snake that's being told, all right, this is how your life is going to be now, mm-hmm. regardless of any transmutation or anything like that. Right. Uh, verse fifteen, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. So, uh, that that's interesting because the woman doesn't have the seed, right? Uh, in in a human reproductive sense, right? Right. So they're, already they're... we can see that there's something different about this picture. Sure, sure. Yeah, because their conception is that. As a farming culture, essentially, the man has a seed which he plants in the woman, mm-hmm. and from there, something sprouts. Yeah. That being another human. So face value, it's going to be your kids and her kids are going to be doing this. But but because it's the seed of the woman instead of the seed of man, right? this, is, this is different. Yeah, that so, seems like an odd phrase yeah. considering the understanding of how seed works. And, and since this is in the structure of this whole curse— uh, section um of genesis 3 is poetic and it it is understood almost universally as prophecy right like if people don't see this as prophecy then it's probably because they're trying to make it why snakes and people don't like each other sure sure (laughs) right um well and even then there's a prophetic element to that interpretation as well well. yeah but but that that's more for um 
allegory than yes. than for yes. for God's divine decree. He's speaking the demise of this creature. Right. 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 Or or rather the the results of this creature. Yes. Right. Yes. So the seed of this creature. It's not that it's going to be another snake down the road necessarily. Right. What whatever this thing produces exactly is going to be destroyed. Um not without a fight because he's he's going to bruise the seed of the woman on the heel, but he's going to be crushed. Yes. Yes. So uh, and to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So childbirth, I guess, wasn't painful before. Somehow that, or or at least it, it wasn't supposed to bring that kind of pain. Sure. Physically. Well, yeah, the phrasing is, I will multiply. Yeah. And, and the logic dictates, because zero times anything is still zero, that there was at least some pain present. It well, would not have necessarily been a painless process, but the pain experienced is going to be severe in a way that it originally was not going to Rabba be. means to be or become much mm. or many or great. So I, I don't exactly know how the Hebrew works with that, but mm. I, I'm not going to outright state that there was pain in childbirth pre-fall. No, because no. we don't. We don't know. We, I, we aren't I'm actually not, given. I'm not trying to make that argument. No, no, yeah, they, but I, I'm, I know. I'm trying to avoid the idea that people seem to be like, oh, it, it must have just not hurt, and the only reason it hurts is because of this. I don't think that that's a fair. Well, that's, that's why I'm either. trying to a, a, avoid either way. I, yeah, we don't exactly. know that there wasn't pain. We don't know that there was pain. Exactly. Either way, now we know. We know that now it's horrifically painful to give birth to children. Right. Um. And. There's still so much debate about what the end of verse 16 means. Yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. That doesn't quite make sense. Uh, just blanket statement. Um, and so you have people on one side saying that, oh, see, uh, patriarchal leadership well, is, 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 a, is a result of the fall. Or other people saying that um see this is this is why feminists exist is because they're trying to rule over men right but it desire doesn't seem to have negative connotation no no the the word desire here um is is also used um in the next chapter um and in that context um God is talking to Cain and he says, this thing called sin is, is crouching at your door and its desire is for you. Um, so, so that seems to have kind of a negative connotation, but also in the Song of Songs. Mm -hmm. There's only, only three places where this shows up. Mm -hmm. And the, the Song of Songs is the third one. This word is used in a very pure romantic context. And it's the man desiring the woman. Exactly. And so and so the desire word here, um, teshuka, is not necessarily a good or bad desire. It's not necessarily a—it doesn't seem like it, it is exclusively a domineering desire. It also doesn't seem like it's a—like um, a, I, I need you so much kind of thing, necessarily— but it's not it, also it, like I just want pizza. It's not right, like right. No, it, it, it's stronger than that. Um, it, it, it the the way that the uh, it, 
it, it seems primal. Yeah, but, exactly. But not, they're there, not in a dehumanizing sense. Right. There's would a it, connotation of longing. Yeah. Would it be like a I need? No, no, not 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 like not like not like that. No, 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 not not so much like. I mean, I wouldn't say like maybe, necessarily maybe, towards maybe a, a teenager romantic sense, way, or like, where yeah. it's like, yeah, oh, no. I need like, my phone right now. Yeah, no, it's like right. I, 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 in, in the um, context of of let, let's go with the Song of Songs thing. It is I, I long to be with you because I love you so much. Right. Is, is that kind of idea? Right. Um, yeah, and with with the Genesis four. Uh, statement it 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 does seem more predatory mm-hmm. but that that's exclusive to that passage this word only shows up three times in the hebrew scriptures yeah here uh in chapter four mm-hmm. and then in the song of songs yeah and in chapter four it's the only time where it is explicitly predatory right exactly in a negative connotation exactly yes. right okay. um so yeah that in some capacity she is going to to long for her husband, whatever that looks like. Um, and it's not, but he will rule over you. No, it, it's, it's, it's and. And, 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 and yes. Um, and and the the word for rule is also part of part of the debate because it it is a word, um, mashal, uh, mm-hmm. word, which was used were, exactly. Yep. yep, used earlier in Genesis one. Um, it, it's an idea of of having dominion over um yeah and then in genesis chapter four um god says that sin longs for cain but cain must rule over it exactly so this, this that, is that a, is a mirror passage to yep, this in yep, some because here it's you will desire your husband and he will rule over you and then to cain it's sin is desiring you but you must rule over it mm-hmm. so here your desire should be for your husband and he should rule over you seems to be in the marriage context in a good way it's like hey you guys are going to work together mm-hmm. right you should stay together right, right? adam you got to stop rejecting eve in this moment eve be with your husband mm-hmm. you are the catalyst for humanity for the redemption sure of of this entire mess that you've you created you are the marriage example a because you're the only two people alive right now and b because that's what i made that you was for. the third that's what i made you for yes yeah so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think a lot of people want to assign this um, something severely negative simply because it's roped in with everything else. Yeah, but this is not necessarily a statement of judgment, nor is it even framed as such. Yeah, it, it, it is just, simply a statement of this is what is going to happen. Just yeah. like in, we're about to get to it, but just like in verse eighteen. Both thorns and thistles, the earth shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Right. Thorns and thistles is negative. Eating the plants of the field was supposed to happen. Exactly. Right? So it, this isn't only curse. Exactly. God, God is proclaiming judgment, and at the same time, he's pronouncing that there is still my design in what's going to come out exactly. of this. Exactly, yeah. My, my plans for you are not going to be thwarted by the choice that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, I did want to touch on in, in verse 16, um, the, the phrase, um, which, uh, here is, uh, rendered, uh, in pain, you will bring forth children. Um, and, and it often, uh, is rendered in such a way that communicates the idea of the, the, the pain is when she gives birth. 
Which seems to be kind of redundant because he already said, I will multiply greatly your sorrow uh, in childbirth. Um, or, or rather, sorry, the, yeah, I will, yeah, multiply your pain in, uh, in, cons, uh, in childbirth and your conception in pain is the next phrase. So the idea, it, it would seem odd for him to say twice, hey, when you have babies, it's really going to hurt. Hey, by the way, when you have babies, it's really going to hurt. Um, there, there seems to be this idea here specifically with conception, the, the idea of how the child is conceived is also going to bear with it Pain. sorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that any time a baby is conceived, it sucks. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's put in, in contrast to yet yeah, your desire will be for your husband. So sure. So the the process of bringing forth children may not always or like it, it's not going to be how it was supposed to be yeah. right but you can still have this relationship with your husband harmoniously the way that it's designed him. to be yeah. even if the process of bringing about children isn't the way that it was necessarily supposed to uh be exactly exactly right. in and, terms and of intention not not in terms of I mean, like you know the the, the anatomy would, didn't change right exactly um but yeah i specifically wanted to draw attention to that because going forward we're going to see how the the sorrow in conception is a consistent theme throughout genesis mm. there, there's there's a very consistent um aspect of all of the uh, major characters who have children where this is present. Yeah. At least Abraham down. Yes. We don't really get the details of the marriage and children lives of everybody till Abraham. No, but there there also seems to be an implication of that happening with Noah, which we'll address when we get there. Sure, but, but yeah, and then that's a whole other thing. Not Noah specifically, yeah. but his family. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, this is verse 17, then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you, in toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. So it's not that Adam listened to his wife and then she led him astray. It was, it, it's supposed to be the the dichotomy of, hey, I told you one thing, mm -hmm. but she told you another thing, and you decided to go with what she said was good rather mm -hmm. than what I told you was good. Right. Because right. I already declared these things good. Yes. Right? And so listen to the voice of your wife seems to imply the after she ate of the fruit and decided good and evil for herself already. Yes. That it was against what God had said was exactly. already good. Yes. So it's not don't listen to your wife. It's because you listened to what she said instead of what I said. Mm -hmm. That's why it was a problem. Yep. And now the ground is going to be even uh, more stubborn, mm -hmm. right? Like you are already supposed to work uh, and and bring forth life from this ground, mm -hmm. but now it's going to fight against you. Right, so right. So now you can't just rule over it. You have to actually dominate it. Sure, yes. Uh, which is punch the ground. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and, and this is also the, the second statement of curse. So the only two things which are explicitly cursed are the snake and the ground. Yeah, childbirth is not cursed. No. It's, it's just uh, that the process is, is now going to be less desirable. Yeah, exactly. There are consequences, but the curse specifically... And, and Adam is not cursed. Right. The ground is cursed. Yes. N neither human is 
revoked of their blessing. Exactly. Yes. Um, yes. In, in fact, the blessings are are as as you pointed out restated yeah. in the midst of God passing down yeah. His judgment. Multiply yourself and multiply the the greenery of the earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, both thorns and thistles that shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. So that, that that's the earth fighting back as well. Exactly. So then, uh, by the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. A- Adam is not going to be destitute here, is right. the main takeaway from that. You will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. Not bread, the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but So the, the product that the, that the serpent will eat is what you will return to after you've finished eating mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, not just one meal and you're dead. Exactly. Um, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Mm-hmm. So there, that this is the promise of death. Yes. Right. Yes. The death that he condemned himself to in taking of the fruit. Mm-hmm. When God said, you will die, die, you will condemn yourself to death. Yep. This seems to be the meaning of that. Yep. Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. So this is this seems to be him doing that ruling over her now. He's actually naming her. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't said to be good or bad necessarily. It's it's not like he's trying to subjugate her. He's in charge necessarily. of the animals. And And now he's naming Eve. Yeah, so it now could he's giving be, his wife. It could be derogatory, name. but it's not presented that way explicitly. Yeah. He he's naming her. He's giving her purpose now. Right. Well yeah. he yeah, he, he right. already named her in a sense. He gave he gave her purpose and yeah. function yeah. as he gave himself purpose. In, in and the marriage function. sense, he gave them both new names. Exactly. Yeah. As as they cooperate with each other. Mm-hmm. But now he's giving her a name which specifically relates to the function that only she could perform. Yeah. So in, in the Hebrew it says, um he called her Hava. Yes. Which it means Life, yes. or the first woman. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, because from her will come all human life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Mm-hmm. So, it's a different word than uh, coverings. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Th- this is uh, ketonet, uh, and, it, and it typically refers to tunics or coats. Yep, tunics of skin. Uh, I'm just imagining Adam and Eve just wearing like parkas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the, 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 the Fertile Crescent, and they're just like, "Yep, yes. we're Eskimos now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> it was probably much lighter clothing than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is yep, a funny coat. idea. Yeah, uh, um, it's in, yeah, yeah. It's implied that it's animal skin. Yes, um, yes, because he made it of skin, um, which uh, or yes, not not like <laughs> or what? Yeah, uh, leather or, is, is a very common <laughs> rendering. Yes, um, the second most common rendering of this word. Yeah, you also get the idea of like hide, um, yeah. which is which is usually in conjunction with leather. Yeah, and and traditionally it's understood as goat skin. Um, even though that's not right here in the text, right? Um, which which has perpetrated the uh, theological concept that that God performed the first sacrifice 
to cover them. Exactly. And, and so that, that's, yes. that's an image of the lamb that will cover all of humanity. Exactly. exactly. In Jesus. Yes. So we, we, we get to get like a sneak peek here. Yes. Theologically. Yeah, exactly. Because there seems to be implied in the fact that God somehow got animal skins, mm-hmm. that there, there was an animal that needed to die for those skins to be made into clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I, I have seen a lot of people try to refute the Bible by saying, like, look, God's selfish. He doesn't want humans to live. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, this is, this is actually mercy yes. here because yes. he's like, hey, they're corrupt, and now if they try and eat from the tree of life, they're going to just keep live on, on living. in corruption. And, yes. and yeah. They're going to just perpetually be in a state of decay. Exactly, exactly. Now that judgment has been rendered, it would not be loving of God to let that judgment further infect them without end. Yeah. There needs to be a stop put to that at some point. Yeah. And uh, there's also, in accordance with the consequence that they brought on themselves, a an obligation to even in mercy bring that to its conclusion. Because the condemnation to death was the consequence, if he did not allow them to experience the consequence as he laid it out, that would be, that that would A, make him a liar, mm-hmm. and B, it would be less than loving. Yeah, so the, the, he, in in his character, both in loving and just and merciful. And truth. And truth. He has to, one, make sure that they do not live eternally, mm-hmm. physically at least. Yeah, in corruption. Yep. Um, and uh, two, that he... Uh, oh, what was I going to say? There was something else with that. Basically, it's it's in his character to redeem them mm-hmm. and also to fulfill the the punishment of the action they chose exactly exactly right? uh which means preventing eternal life in this corrupt state exactly therefore the lord god sent him out of the garden of eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken which was already the mandate mm-hmm. but now he's basically saying you don't get to live in the house anymore right or at least in this room yeah. right you 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 broke too much stuff in here. You can't live here anymore. Exactly. Yes, yes. This room is now cut off, period. Yep. There's no more door. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, there is it's, still a door, but it, it's well, impassable now because yeah, exactly. there's, there's, there's something a there bodyguard, guard, basically. Yes, right? Oh, okay. Exactly. Um, yes. So he drove the man. There's like six locks and two men yeah. outside. So yeah, he drove exactly. the man out. Sucks. Sorry. And at the east, of the, it's more like a booby trap because it's dangerous. It's not even just that if they that they're not supposed to go in. It's that if they try, it's going to and badly for them. No. So he drove the man Oh, out. hold on. Before you go any further, okay. I did want to address in verse 22. This is the second time where we have God referring to an us oh, and sure. talking yeah. to somebody else. We're still not sure who that is. It's not him. Like one of us. Yeah. It's not even, like, it's not even word for word, let us make man like us right. in, in our image and our likeness. Right. Um, so so while, while linguistically that does not bring about exclusivity mm. uh, outright. It's th- this idea that uh, that there's still uniqueness there. Yes. And so so God is saying the man has become like one of 
this type Collective, of yeah. this type of thing that I am talking to, whatever that may be. God is somehow included in that kind of thing mm-hmm. because of us, but there's also something distinct about this kind of thing that he's talking to yeah, and about some, what Adam has become like. And so we're not sure if that group is able to discern good and good and evil, or mm-hmm. if it's that one among that group that can discern good and evil. Mm-hmm. We already know that God can discern good and evil. Yes, um, it, it is God's prerogative yeah. to discern good and evil. But But right now, whatever this group is, we don't know if these other things in that group are able to know good and evil, since he's specifically referring to the one of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so he drove the man out. This is verse 24, by the way. So mm-hmm. he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Uh, so so even further eastward. Yep. He already, pla- he already planted the garden in the east, um, and now at the east entrance of the garden. Um, outside of that protective barrier, mm-hmm. that's where the humans are sent. Yep. And he stationed the cherubim, which we don't really know what those are. Yeah, this um, is the first instance where we see this word. Yeah, and and from the rest of the Bible, we can interpret that these are beast-like angelic beings, these spirit beings that are powerful and terrifying to behold. Mm-hmm. Uh that they're not little chubby babies. <laughs> right, exactly. With yes. wings and yes. a bow and arrow. Yeah. It's not um, Cupid. Exactly, yeah. And no, they're, they're likely human-animal hybrid-looking creatures yeah. um, that, that have a, a, a spiritual station which specifically relates to guarding. Mm-hmm. And the sword of flame that mm-hmm. has the definitive article there. Yes, um, yeah, it gets rendered a sword, but it says the sword. Which turned or overturned uh, in an act of preserving or watching or keeping this garden. Mm-hmm. It seems to, to keep, well, it, it says uh, to guard the way to the tree of life, but it mm-hmm. seems like that's specifically referring to keeping humans out of the garden. We're not told the animals were driven out. It's, it seems that that... Some animals may have still been in the garden and right. were able to just live there. But the tree of life was also not given for the animals. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's, I wasn't trying to correlate those two ideas. Mm. I was just saying, like, it seems that this was placed here exclusively to keep humans out right. from the tree of life, but animals may have still been able to live in the garden during that time. Sure, sure. Um, and they would have, if any more animals were in there at the time of the flood, they would have died mm-hmm. when the when the world was remade. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so this is the same setting. We we get a peek at the outside of the garden, kind of, um, but uh, the the entire setting has now changed. It doesn't seem to be uh, as lively, no pun intended, as it was before, right? Yes. Um, something's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the new character being the serpent, mm-hmm. um, this and this his offspring, beastly thing mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be unique. In its beastliness, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the the seed of of the serpent and the seed of the woman mm-hmm. um, as these these rivals, not in a yin yin yang sense, but in in a op- opposing purposes and ideals right, sense, right. not ultimate evil and ultimate good per se. Mm-hmm. Um, the roles of Adam and Eve have changed a little bit. Uh, they're sp- still supposed to work together, but it seems that there's some sort of tension now. Yeah. yeah so there is there is a 
a new dimension to the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You could call the sword a character, but it's not a reoccurring character, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and then th- these cherubim, this yeah. this class of of being mm-hmm. that um, has a mandate to protect that which is still good and holy, mm-hmm. the untainted. Mm-hmm. Um, themes. I mean, we talked a little bit about the wisdom. Yes. Um, it a little bit. And in subcategories. Yeah, a little bit more depth than than last time, just the understanding of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, this this awareness and discernment and making choices based on the information that you've discerned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and now curse, this new, mm-hmm. this new category that's the opposite of blessing. Yeah, as blessing is the giving of means for the benefit of someone or those around someone. Mm. Curse is the means of giving detriment to someone. Uh, okay, those yeah, there you someone. go. Yep, yep. Uh, and then that's also one of the words is curse. Mm. Um, it only occurred twice, and it, it was not towards the humans. It, yes. was, it was towards the creature and the ground. Yes. Um, both as a result of the humans' choices. I mean, well, I guess, no, the serpent... Its choices caused its curse, but the curse of the ground was due to the, the choices of humans. The, the humans decided to go along with the serpent, yeah. but the serpent was the instigator. Yeah, yeah. God didn't say, you're cursed because Adam ate of the tree. Right, right. Right? Um, it, it's it's because you in, instigated this yes. rebellion that they participated in. Right, right. You're not going to receive the blame for them. You're going to receive the blame for what you, what did, you did. Yes. Right? Yes. He's not the scapegoat. Right, he's he's getting his just punishment, and yeah. so are the humans. He's, he's dealing just out the, you know. Yeah, you you're, did you're this, not so you're not going to get fifteen years for them. Yeah. You're going to yeah. get your fifteen years, and you're going to get your fifteen yes. years. Yeah. You made your bed, now sleep in it. Yeah. Um, and are there any like Nahash? Sure. Yeah. Um, Nahash. And, we, and we talked about uh, Arum. Yes. Um, as, as some other key words, Arum being one of those subcategories of wisdom, right? Yeah. Where it, it seems not so much in action, more so in just gaining understanding. Uh, well, we talked a little bit about, oh, what's that word for belt? Um, but oh, the, yes. the covering. Girdle. Uh, yeah. Hagor. Yes. So that word, um, which... Yeah. Which belt, belt, generally, girdle. yeah, which which generally is used more in in armor sense, not armor as an encompassing term necessarily, but the idea of of something to in it uh, in the category of protection or covering, um, right? But not not armor outright. It's not like a yeah, breastplate, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's in, in the category of a protective covering. It's not coming across as like a knight's armor, but it's also not coming across as Underpants. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's a thing that you tie around your waist to hold things together. Yeah, the leather strap it's, it's, acts as a protection, as a belt, in the sense that it keeps your protective clothing on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right? So it, it is a, a a protective covering. How do you keep your pants up while you're performing? It's amazing. <laughs> belt. Uh, we already talked about cherubim a little bit. It, that doesn't really have a strict definition. Like, there isn't really an English definition for cherubim. We always no. just transliterate it. Beca- yeah, because it is a category of being, mm-hmm. um, we see examples of what they m- look like in certain instances. 
Um, and they come in a vast variety of shapes. Yeah, but it's not really a definable. Um, yeah, no. Title or anything like yeah. that. It just kind of is a thing. Yeah. Uh, we talked about desire a little bit um, and kind of rehashed uh, rule or govern. Mm-hmm. Um, but that those aren't really new ones. Um, well, not, not just new. They're, they're highlighted terms, I guess. Um, but the desire being not necessarily negative, but it, it could have that. Exactly. That meaning. Exactly. Again, it, it is a neutral term, but it has potential to be desire for good or ill. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then bread. Yeah. Lechem. 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 I'm learning Hebrew words, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next time we will... I can't believe we did that in one sitting. No. <laughs> it was close. Look at us go. Uh, next time we'll dive into chapter four, which shouldn't be as as deep and hard to sift through. Yeah, because we have the framework of chapter three, chapter four is going to be very easy to go through mm-hmm. because of how much it mirrors chapter three. Yep, yep. And the second half of it is just a genealogy. And so we, we get some historical and cultural gleanings from that, but uh, it, it's not going to be this big, massive theological story all the way through like chapters one through three are. Right. So that'll be a little bit nice to take a little bit of a breather and be like, hey, we remember all these terms. Let's let's just go through them again. And, and then we get to see what horrible brother this guy is. <laughs> oh, sorry. Spoilers if you haven't read the Bible. <laughs> all right. So thank you for joining us. Uh, join us next time as we read the Bible with fresh eyes to understand God for who he is on his terms. Grace and peace. <laughs>